Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Julie Bonello, CIO at Access Community Health Network. In this segment, Bonello talks about what it's been like to build an IT team from the ground up, how they're working to increase physician and patient engagement, and her continuously evolving strategies to retain top talent. In terms of the EHR system, you're using Epic, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, when you had arrived, I imagine that there were things that had to happen just as far as, you know, being able to, uh, to implement that, just, just getting the infrastructure um, in place. Can you talk a little bit about that process and, and what was required? Sure. It was, um, it was really an incredible journey that we've gone through here. It's, um, it's really amazing. When I came to Access, I, I, I had gotten a call a former colleague had called me and asked me to provide some guidance, which I did, and then the CEO called me and I drew on a napkin the strategy they needed to pursue. But when I, when I um, took the position, uh, Access had signed a contract with Epic, but they actually had, not, had no IT department. So um, Access, prior to jo- me joining, had um, a small decision support team with a data warehouse um, because we used the outsourced systems from another hospital. So in 2009, we embarked on a complete system strategy for every single thing, not only Epic, and uh, moved our organization. So I was really excited because to build an IS organization from the ground up, to build a workforce and an interdisciplinary team to support the kind of culture and mission we had here was very, very exciting. So within three years, we got everything implemented and got to stage six adoption under HIMSS. And it's really, I think, due to the strong workforce that we were able to build and the strong organizational structure and support that we had over the five years. Um, This is an organization that prior to 2009 really had no systems in place. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's interesting because we'll hear people talk about, you know, what it's like to be, to have a build a new facility from the ground up and, you know, kind of what that means as far as being able to get things how you want them and not have to retrofit. And I can imagine that there are some similarities when building, you know, an IT department from the ground up. Right. We spent a tremendous amount of time choosing the right people and defining the correct structure for this organization because every organization is different. So we knew we needed to manage change very actively. And we knew we needed to get the right people in positions here. And it was hard because we're an FQHC and a lot of organizations don't know FQHCs. So it was hard to actually hire certified EPIC people when we began. Mm-hmm. When you talk about managing change actively, um, that that's another thing that, that really can be very difficult. And, you know, how is that something that, that uh, your team is able to do? Managing change was something that we dealt with at the senior leadership level 
we went through many changes in course during the three to four years. And we knew at the beginning that we would be doing that, and it was approved and expected, which I think is huge. Mm -hmm. So we knew that we would face difficulties. I think that's enormous. I also think that the mission here is so pervasive and, and a strength. Here, for our providers, our providers are employed, They're, they were thrilled to have an electronic health record. And they have been very supportive and engaged. Our health centers, everyone in the health centers, they were very excited. I think we even had patients wearing T-shirts celebrating our electronic health record implementation when we went live. I mean, it was, I mean that's the kind of environment we have. Yeah. That's a plus, huge plus. Oh, sure. You get that, that level of engagement when, where people don't feel like something is happening to them, but that, but that they're part of it. Absolutely. Now, as far as the, um, the hospitals you work with, are they on different systems, or are many of them on EPIC? I would say most of the hospitals, most of our closest partners are not on EPIC. And so the biggest implementation piece for us with these hospital partners initially has been to implement the community provider portal. And is that that's something where you've had a um, pretty uh, decent level of um, participation? I have. I'll use our pilot hospital as an example. We you look at some of the quality metrics in terms of care coordination that both of us want to meet, and you take a look at the workflows in transitioning care for, the, for our patients, and then you look at where it breaks. And so we implemented the ability for all of labor and de delivery at the hospital to gain access to our system for all prenatal records if they weren't already in the chart. We provided the ability for scheduling mom and baby follow-up appointments right away. And every month we meet to take a look at our deliveries to see if we've met our quality metric goals between both partners. Right. We also put it in the ER, and that's a harder, that's been a harder workflow to accomplish than on a particular unit. So every, every hospital is different in the way they want to use it. Now we're rolling it out to uh, discharge planning. When you talk about making that available in labor and delivery, that's something that just really seems to make a lot of sense because you have people who, you know, regularly are going to a physician practice and know that they're going to be admitted to a hospital. So it's, it's, uh, it seems like a, like a good place to really try to build that up, that usage. Yeah, the care team is, is very much defined, right? So I think that was a good pilot to hit, to hit, um, to hit our care metrics. Plus, we're all, always concerned about we're always concerned about our 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 new baby care. Right, right. 
Have you run into challenges with patients who don't have uh, Internet access? Um, we haven't. We're rolling it out slowly, the patient portal, um, because we want to make sure that our patients understand how they can use it to support their care plan. Mm-hmm. And, and so while it would be great just to get many immediately activated on the patient portal, we want to make sure they use it. So our yeah. providers have been really sitting down and helping the patients uh, work through how they can use the patient portal for their care. And different providers, based on different chronic diseases, use it in, a different, in different ways. And, and that's been pretty pretty fascinating. Yeah, and, and it, again, is something where it makes sense because you can have a certain number of people sign up, but you really want them to be using it on a somewhat regular basis. Absolutely, and you want to make sure that when you roll out your patient portal, it's an extension of your electronic health record, so you really want to make sure that you have the same kind of clinical protocols to manage and monitor that tool and how it's used for patient engagement as you you manage and monitor your electronic health record and all your documentation and care model protocols. So it's it's something that requires a lot of attention to make sure that it can really be used for engagement. Okay. So in talking about um, the the initial uh, EPIC implementation, which, you know, as, as we said, was an unusual circumstance because you were building up an IT team that hadn't been in place before, were there challenges you ran, ran into once you went live just as far as, you know, now you don't have that, that close level of support from the vendor or not as close and you have to kind of, um, you know, get used to this, this new environment, these new workflows? I would say we had two challenges post-live, and we went through a series of rollouts. But the, challenge, the first challenge that we faced was a very different healthcare marketplace with accountable care and the economy. Um, our uninsured, I think, in around 2010 rose significantly. And so we decided after the initial rollout of 15 on the record and on practice management to um, get everyone up on practice management before we rolled out the rest of the health centers on the electronic health record. And we did that to stabilize our reimbursement workflows and processes. And while we did that, we actually, for a year, outsourced our revenue cycle department and rebuilt the revenue cycle department at the same time we were implementing the EPIC practice management system on people that all could be trained on EPIC at the same time they were starting their job. That was really huge. And it was a change we didn't foresee, but it was a very, very wise decision and very successful. So that was the first one. 
The second one probably is um, the changing landscape for IS staffing. We initially started with having to build our own talent. As I mentioned, we were unable to initially hire EPIC certified people because the demand was so great. Right. So we we had a very good strategy for choosing mission to base based uh, applicants or uh, who had um, strong aptitude but they were initially just starting out their career. And oftentimes what you find is that they um, will go on. We, we, we made them sign a two-year agreement, but then they would go on to um, usually consulting jobs. Mm-hmm. And so we had to reframe our recruiting and retention strategy midway through. And we probably still change it every year. Right. I, I guess that's something that has to be a, a continuously evolving process. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.